This is To The Point, a podcast from Point Predictive. So Justin Davis is going to discuss a little bit about um, innovations, what Point Predictive is, is doing from our you know, risk and innovation lab, uh, what we've done, and a couple maybe new things on the horizon. I get the opportunity to share about all the cool things we're doing with the data and all of the new ways we're innovating uh, products at Point Predictive. Uh, Frank actually oversees, so we spun up kind of an innovation lab in-house that is just strictly focused on innovation, looking on the horizon, what's happening with technology, with AI. And so I get the opportunity to work with him a lot on how we're going to incorporate that into our products going forward um, and how we're going to continuously innovate in the uh, fight against fraud. So um, I will start with just a few things that we've been able to accomplish over the last year and then what is kind of being cooked up in the lab the uh, we call uh, Frank the the mad scientist uh, so a lot of the things that he's working on so that got very bright uh, so first off last year we launched uh, a new tool called called AutoPass, um, and as you know, uh, Donna had mentioned, you know, uh, previously, GLBA compliant, that's Auto Fraud Manager, that was our flagship solution, primarily used to add friction, remove friction, but not necessarily to decision. Um, and we continuously heard from our lenders and from the market that there needs to be a way to be able to utilize this data in a way to, to decision loans, to price, um, out risk and to just better price the loans in general. And so we were able to actually stand up a consumer office, um, take a kind of a snapshot, a copy of the consortium data to be able to be leveraged within that consumer office to power uh, AutoPass that can now be used for auto decisioning, for adverse actioning, for uh, pricing, uh, and for changing structure. Secondly, uh, we released actually two uh, uh, products around uh, dealer risk. So not just, uh, we don't just assess the risk of an application. Um, I mean, from the majority of the conversations I've had today, it sounds like dealer risk is actually on the rise. Uh, the majority of the people I've talked to, that's been the main focus of our conversations is around dealerships. Um, and so what we wanted to do is, is aggregate that detail up from the application level to understand what risks do the dealerships present themselves, right? So not just, uh, hey, the, the application risk for this dealer is rising. Uh, that might show that uh, maybe there's some risk internally, but maybe they're just being targeted by a fraud ring. But how can they be seen? What does their performance look like uh, within the four walls of a lender? And then what does their performance look like across the rest of the consortium to see if is there potentially adverse selection happening um, and what might be the reasons for that. And then being able to also uh, uh, look at very particular fraud trends that might be perpetrated by the dealer compared to who what it might be perpetrated by the borrower, right? Is the dealership um, perpetrating these schemes uh, through maybe the F&I uh, office, right? Whether that be recycling uh, employment information, recycling PII information. Uh, I think there was, Frank likes to talk about the dealership that had uh, a number of synthetics that were all coming from a address, right? I think it was here in Texas, right down the street from the dealer. And that address was actually owned by the F&I manager. So just spinning up synthetic identities and, and submitting loans. 
uh, same-day income deviations, right, in the indirect space, that one application is sent to 10, 20 different lenders, and on every single application, you have differing information. It's probably not the borrower doing that. The F&I manager is probably just trying to key in some information and try to find the sweet spot to get an approval. So being able to take all that detail and then uh, put it into a score and attributes and information that can, get, that can be powered not just to look at your application risk, but the entity that's actually submitting those applications. Um, we also, within the case manager that Donna was talking about, we uh, uh, um, announced real-time rules uh, within that. So not just being able to create rules that create cases, or send notifications, but actually be able to drive real-time decisioning back to an LOS. All right, so for example, um, using the, the, uh, the hot list that you had mentioned, right? I, I know this is a fraudster. If they ever come back in uh, and submit an application, I wanna create a rule that, that references that hot list that says anytime they come back in, I want to trigger a decline or a review back to my LOS and not just create a case. I'll create a case for queuing and for my team to review, but I also want the LOS to be automatically updated to say, I don't wanna do business with these people. I've seen them commit fraud in the past. So um, being able to use that rule engine to utilize any of the input data, any of the output data, uh, to drive real-time actioning back to the LOS. And then we're also releasing um, new alerts consistently. Right, so we have our team of, of fraud investigators, fraud analysts internally that are just trying to look at new types of fraud. How is fraud emerging? How is fraud evolving and changing? And what can, how can we use the data to be able to highlight those trends, highlight those red flags in real time um, so that you can take action on them, right? So uh, we try to, we're, we're getting into a more consistent cadence with being able to release these on a quarterly basis as we start to see feedback from, from lenders as well as what we're seeing when we look on a, a daily basis through applications. And so here's just some of the, um, some, some of the alerts that uh, we are, have either released or are gonna be releasing at the end of this month, right? Specific dealer perpetrated fraud uh, red flags, uh, a fake employer look back. So we did a, uh, an analysis on applications where a fake employer was used. If that consumer had been seen in the future, there was a 70% chance that they used a fake employer again, right? So if we were able to look back um, at a consumer, they might not be using a fake employer on this application, but they used one 30 days ago, they probably, there's probably some uh, risk on that app that you might wanna take a look at. Self-employment fraud, so being able to take a look back at, uh, we've started to see this quite often actually, is uh, they stated they were self-employed 30 days ago, they got a decline, they submitted a new application and now they're a W-2 earner. Or maybe it wasn't 30 days ago, maybe it was 30 minutes ago. Um, uh, new synthetic fraud uh, alerts, credit washing alerts, so this was one that was, that was uh, released a little bit ago, uh, just being able to take a look at the change in a borrower's credit profile to um, alert you in the event that there's potential credit washing. The credit that is being submitted on this application, uh, it, the credit score that they have is probably not accurate. And then just overall data recycling is the same information being used over and over and over by different consumers or by the same dealership. And then we also started to uh, kind of move into the dealer market, right? So when we're trying to fight fraud, we don't just want to do it 
on the lender side, we want to move up further into that stream to be able to try to stop fraud further up. Um, and so we've been working with dealerships to be able to try to capture uh, uh, better red flags, uh, but also give them insight into uh, employment fraud, insight into income. I know we, we were having a conversation at the income table a while ago is, uh, do dealers perpetrate? Do they just look the other way? Do they just not know? And so by being able to use borrower check, they're able to actually see uh, where those red flags might be and if they might be kind of manipulating their income information. Let's see. Oh, let me go back. There we go. All right, so uh, a few things kind of in the hopper uh, that we're working on more in the innovation lab is trying to see how um, generative AI can be leveraged in the uh, fight against fraud, right? Fraudsters are using it, as Frank had shown. They're using it in many different ways to create documents, to um, clone voices. And so we want to see if there's other ways that it can be used to help fight those frauds. So here's one that we're currently kind of working on, and I can actually show a demo after when we have a kind of a, a break. Um, but utilizing something like a chat GPT to uh, be able to create narratives, to be able to assess risk from an application standpoint of just what's being read, or uh, if you want to ask it questions to uh, uh, look at kind of the consortium data to say, hey, has this phone number ever been seen before and by how many people we could be able to spit out the information back to you to say, you know, this, this phone number has not been seen by this person, but we have seen it six different times for five different people, as an example. We can also use generative AI, I've got a demo of this as well, to be able to just look at occupation. Um, and so this is just kind of a quick and dirty review. Um, it's different than you know our income pass tool that really does a deep dive into income. This is just taking a look at, hey, for this, what this person is stating where they live, what they make, and where they work, what is the low, median, and high of that, uh, that stated occupation, stated employment in that area? And is it in line, right? It's just a very quick check to make sure that um, uh, you can kind of have that, that litmus test, I guess, of the, the validity of the, of the income. And then from a rule perspective within our case manager, so you can right now create rules based on any of the input and the output, but that is just based on a drop-down menu having to kind of do some greater than, less than, equal to, and or statements. You can get very complex if you'd like to, but we're starting to create a rule generator where you just ask it to say, hey, um, you know, can you create me a rule where the fraud score is high, the income score is high, and there's synthetic risk. And it'll write out fraud score is greater than X, income is greater than X, and here's all the alerts you want to look at. So instead of having to sit there and try to figure out actually how to create it, you just ask it to do it for you, and boom, there it is. Uh, and that is actually all I have. So I would love to take any questions. I uh, would love to talk about anything we're doing now or have released recently. Yes, sir. speaking about the fraud bot and uh, I believe one of the questions was is have you seen this phone number um, would you be able to I mean would that be able to provide the actual customer information no so you, you guys keep that right yeah that's, so that's, it, the, okay the PII that's, level details wouldn't be uh, displayed it's more of the knowledge derived from those details just to, just to flag it correct <clears throat> It's okay. just like, hey, I want to do a quick check, make sure is there anything that you guys have seen that I can't see here? 
uh, it, instead of reaching out to us, writing us an email, or chatting us within the case manager, it would just automatically pop it back out. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Any other questions? I have one. It's not necessarily on sure. maybe innovation. You did a study for us about three weeks ago I think so, on yeah. our uh, negative, our employer negative file. Yes. Can you talk a, bit, a little bit about what we've seen from the employer negative file, the amount of money that we've seen, and just kind of go into that a little bit and, and sure. the so, data insights that we can provide. So I was looking at, I wanted to take a look at trending fake employers from 2020 to today. I wish I would have been able to add that slide into here. But I wanted to look at a look back, because once it's in the negative file, that's when it'll start to flag, right? But what happened beforehand? We started really building it out in January 2021, December 2020, and Justin Ockmuth is the one that did the majority of all of that work. But I wanted to look at how good have we gotten, right, at identifying these fake employers. And so to look back 2020, before we had the fake employer list, you know, we would still flag some 999s here and there based on other red, red, red flags. But as that list started to grow, and now we've reached over 10,000, we went from having almost a 0% capture of the applications and the exposure to in May of this year, we were able to flag and stop 98% of the attempts of fake employers within the consortium. So it went from, you, uh, the, the chart is really cool to see how the graphs start to kind of align based on what was missed to what was caught. And this year in total is about 85% of all attempts were caught and flagged. I think in total, there's two and a half billion since 2020 attempted and just over a billion that has actually been stopped. Pretty impressive data set. Yeah. Yeah. Justin, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Visit pointpredictive.com for the latest insights on lending fraud and much more from Point Predictive.